0: Good afternoon, everyone. Good morning. Good How's it Yes, today we're going to look into a psalm, Psalm 3. Over the last few weeks, and actually over the last few months, we are in a series in Exodus, but sometimes we take a break. We need a break, just need a break of Matt's voice, to him. Matt's voice sometimes can be exhausting. And uh, so that's why I stand here, just for that, that reason. Is that true? Oh. I'm very handsome as well. That's another reason. So we are in the Psalms. Uh, today, Psalm 3, and it's on the screen, I think. There it is. The Psalms is a. It's, it's a. Compared to other books in the Bible, it's different. Where, like Exodus or the Gospels, are really laying foundations, the Psalms is actually more a journal, more. A looking into a life of someone that just struggles with different circumstances. It's a book where different emotions will be expressed. So today we're going to look at one of those emotions. But, I mean, it's, it's a book that we can relate to quite easy. It's, it's, for example, used in many of our worship songs that we sing today the foundation is the Psalms, they, the words come out of the Psalms. So it's easy to express ourselves in the Psalms. It's really helpful for your prayer life, why? Because it covers so many different circumstances, and it, and it shows us so many ways of expressing ourselves to God, that it can be really helpful when you are stuck in prayer and I'm not sure about you, but I am quite often stuck in prayer, really taking time and then sitting and then, what do I need to pray for? But then the Psalms is a great book to open and just read through it. And probably you you will find something actually that suits for that moment, for that particular moment. It could be joy. It could be thankfulness. It could be that you are worried about something. And then it helps to, by reading the Psalms, hey, this is... This is how David approached God in that circumstance. And we know that these promises are true about who God is. So I can approach God in that way. So today we're going to look at one of the emotions. But I'm, probably we'll discover that in, in a bit. We're first going to read it. O oh Lord, how many are my vows? Many are rising against me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Like we can see, David is angry you know, and sometimes as Christians we can say, oh, but that's, that's not good. You can't be angry. That's a sin. And you know, it is, but it's, it's something in the human that sometimes comes out and that is an emotion that could be anger, that could be different things, but how to deal with it. And that's, in this Psalm, it's very obvious how David deals with it. But let's just pray. Let's come to God, and then uh, we're going to see how he deals with this emotion. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are the God that saves, that you are a God that is here today, that we can stand before you, Lord, as children of the living God. That's a promise of you, Lord, and I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's a book full of promises, about promises that we sung about, Lord, that you are a God that is faithful, Lord, that you are a God that loves us, that keeps us. Lord, I thank you for that, Lord. Give us a a clear revelation, Lord, what what you want to speak to us this morning about, Lord. Come, Lord, come, Holy Spirit. Open our hearts, open our eyes to see the wonder of this truth, Lord. Amen. Amen. So the emotion, can we, can we see the psalm again? Maybe it's, we can just leave it on there. The emotion we probably see is there is something going on that David is afraid of. What is he afraid of? It's a psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. There are people that are chasing him. People physically, they want, they, they want to kill him. He, 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 there is a fear, there is an anxiety in his, in his heart, and now he turns to God to see, hey, God, I need your help in this. People are chasing me. I'm, I'm insecure at this moment. I was this great king, but now people are really looking at me like, who are you? You are not even worthy to be saved. He, you know, the, the story is David is actually God spoke about him as a man after his own heart. But it's, it's a guy that, that just deals with the same issues as we are, that's sin. You know, he was an adulterer. He was a murderer. You know, that's, that's probably more than we have done. We, we think about murder as that big thing. But we can relate in that, that it's all sin. We are sinners and we need to have salvation. But he experienced two kinds of fear, and the one is fear in the physical, and we can all experience that, and it's not a bad thing, because fear is in one way a response to danger, a response to something that, that makes us uncomfortable, but it helps us actually to deal with it. Some fear is, is, is not bad at all, I mean, you sometimes have these conversations in church with parents and you're talking about your life story and they're just looking over your shoulders, constantly see what they, their kids are doing. There is a fear that there could be something that, that, that will hurt the kids, they will fall, they will stand on a stair and, and, and all that kind of things that makes a parent just focus constantly, what is going on, what is he doing? It's important to have that if we think, you know, just leave him, he will be all right. That could be, it could end as a disaster. But that kind of fear, you know, my my fear is mountains. I'm just afraid of heights. Heights, I can't handle that. So I I spent a year in South Africa and, and friends invited me to go up Table Mountain. And they were all going, on a hike to get to the top. I said, I'm not gonna do that. I'll take the elevator. But then upstairs, I was constantly standing like this. There was a railing, and I that, that was my confidence. I put it in the thing just to, to, you know, to be sure, you know, this, this thing, this railing keeps me safe. You know? So I was just holding it tight until the people said, we're going downstairs. Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's go downstairs. Something in me, you know, I would never be in the danger. All the people that were hiking up, they, they, they walked in the danger of falling off. Things could happen. The fear in me made me really safe because I was just holding on to that, that, that thing that, that made sure that I wouldn't fall off. Some fear isn't bad. It could be physical fear, the fear of just looking around and and see all the things that that can hurt you. But there is another fear, and let's, let's separate those fears. One is fear, and the one, the deeper kind of level, anxiety. What is anxiety? What is the difference then? So, He experienced the first fear, many are rising against me, but then this, many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. That's an attack on his identity. There is something that these people are saying, he was this king, this great king, and uh, you know, that maybe he put his identity in that. You know, people trust me, I'm leading this country well. You know, everything is, is going all right. But suddenly, when he messed up, people said, who are you? Do you think that you are a great king? You know, and it, anxiety, what happens is that we, when we put our trust in something, when we, when we try to find our identity, it could be our, our talents, it could be our gifting, it could be our career, and suddenly, it, it becomes a little bit shaky. You know, it, we feel anxious. It's something that attacks your identity. Hey, but I thought I was that. I thought that I was that great musician. But suddenly, someone comes up and said, you're, you're, you're absolutely rubbish. Oh, that hurts. And it, it not only hurts for a moment, but it could bring you in this insecurity of, this was, this was my life. What to do? If fear, you, you can put an example, is if fear is this thunderstorm that comes but is over in like 10 minutes time, anxiety is this constantly cold drizzle that constantly comes to you and that keeps you in, in, in like that insecurity, that, that anxious feeling. But David, what he does, and that's the first thing we can learn about this psalm, he's not dealing with it in, 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 in a way of, okay, um, how do I need to uh, deal with fear? Is just to get myself together, to get some advice from others, uh, ten, 10 ways to get a better king, uh, th- that kind of books, I need to read books. No, the first thing he does his direction turns to God, he's spending time in prayer. You know, 33% of people in Europe, they experience some sort of anxiety disorder, and the number keeps on growing. In the States, six of 10 people, they struggle with anxiety. It's a it's a growing number, and you know I, I was doing some research on this on the internet, and some people say, and and that 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 said in 1940, someone said, you know, the more we know, the more we know what happens, the less fearful we will be. But then we look some years later in the in the in the time we are now, and we see the more we know in social media, all the stuff that comes to us, all the stuff the world provides, fear, anxiety is growing. Why? Because there is a lot of things coming to us. We hear of a lot of things that happening in the world, and it just makes us fearful. So how to deal with fear? It's a growing thing, but how to deal with it? The one thing is, the word, he's talking about his fear, and then, but, but you. There is a confidence in his approach to God. You know, I'm struggling with this, but you. Are you confident, do you you know God? Do you know who he is? Do you know what he's able to do? So the first thing is coming to God and then his prayer is, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me. The NRV speaks, you are a shield around me. What, you know, I I don't really like movies, but when I I watch a movie, I probably watch something like Braveheart. Uh, That's what I love the most, you know, that kind of battle movies. And what you see, they have different sort of shields. I I, I just love William Wallace, by the way. He's my, outside of the, the heroes in the Bible, he's my greatest example. I see me riding on a horse and people just cheering on. Leonard Rosendahl, there he is. (laughs) And you know, I'm seeing in my dreams, I'm seeing me standing before all these people. Guys, we're gonna win this battle. And I hear this music in the background and people are really like, Leonard, come on. (laughs) And then my dream stops and my, my wife brings me always down to earth to say, you've got some problems you need to work on. But you know, I like to compare myself to William Wallace. Um, what was it? I don't know what I was talking about. Shields, you've got different shields. You've got the round one. The round shield is actually to fight a one-on-one, one-to-one battle. It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't keep the, the big things away, but for one-to-one, you can, you can turn easily. But then you've got this other shield, and it's the size of a door. It's big, it's huge. That is the shield that Davis is talking about. What, what, what's going on with that kind of shield? That's a shield that, that probably is used... First of all, it's, it's something to be trusted. It's strong, and it will keep danger from you. You know, people can throw everything to you, but because it's so big, it will protect you. So it, it makes you feel safe. You put your confidence, like I did on Table Mountain, with that shield, you put your confidence in that shield that will keep you away from the danger. The second thing about a shield like that is it's used to move forward. Because when you turn around, it's open on the other side, you will be dead. So you need to move forward. That's the only possible way. That's the only direction with this this kind of shield you can go. Turning around, it's not going to work. So what is the background? Why, Why does he use this kind of... A picture a shield and actually because David knows the words that are written he knows the the, the books of Moses he knows the the promise that God made to Abram so in Genesis 15 we can read about the shield but not that that Abram talks about a shield but God said God made a covenant covenant with Abram and the first thing he said is I will be a shield around you. So, what David does is, hey, I know that promise. So, the first thing in him approaching God is, oh Lord, you are a shield around me. That's why it's so important in life, in our prayer life, that we know the Bible, that we know the promises that are given. I mean, because that makes us confident in our approach to God. Lord, you are a shield around me. Why? Because your word is saying that. We're trusting in that word. This is the truth, we see it as the truth. So know that, we we sung about a few things. Forever you are faithful, forever you are strong, forever you are with us. How do we know that? The word of God. And we sing it with great confidence. Take up the shield is an act of faith. So what you, what you what I said, what you do with that kind of shield, you're moving forward. So why, if you are anxious, if you see danger, you want to move into it? David, what David is actually saying is, you are a shield around me, and I'm, I'm not going to turn around because then I will be death. Then the danger will absolutely get me. But I want to, I know that with that shield, I can overcome it. I can win this battle. If you, if you are fearful, if you, if you experience anxiety in your life, Sometimes it can hold you back. Actually, what David says is, no, we have a God that's greater than than that. I want you to move forward. And that's a faith thing. Faith is both passive and active. The passive side is faith, is you put your trust in this shield. You know, that's your that you feel safe in in, in that. You know that it will protect you. So you you can stop and you can hide in it. And it it, it will extinguish all the arrows. In Ephesians, it it says to us, take up the shield of faith. when When it talks about standing firm, how do we stand firm? And then Paul's talking about the armor of God and taking up the shield of faith is part of that. It's actually, it's an act of, I want to move forward. I want to win this battle, and I know I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna, because God has already won the battle. God says, I'm your shield to Abram, and, and David is really trusting in that. Yeah, you are my shield. Secondly, what I said, passive, so he's, that, that is the trust. God, you are my shield. What is the active part is moving forward. Is, is that this shield is, is gonna make you win. The second thing is, what does he say? You are a shield around me, about me, around me. But you, O oh Lord, are my glory. What he's actually saying is I know I've messed up. I know I can't put my confidence in what I am or what I'm good in, in my talents, in my gifting. So I'm turning to you, but you, O oh Lord, are my glory. I'm, I'm re, I'm re, I really try to find my identity. I want to find my identity in you. Are you doing that? Are you, in, in times of trouble, in times when when you are maybe fearful or other things that happen in your life, are you turning to him and, and, and find your identity in, in the work of Jesus? Is he the one that, 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 is, that is your identity? Or when, when other things fall away? You know, David, David was this great king, and suddenly he's the one that, that's despised. But he's, he's turning to God, but you are my glory. You are the lifter of my head. Proud people, I'm, that's my problem. I'm sometimes a little bit proud. That means that I struggle with this the most. The lifter of my head, because often I think, you know, I can do that myself. I'm the lifter of my head, you know. Who can stand against me? The thing is, David in this, in this season is so insecure, and that's where we sometimes need to come at that point that we say, I can't do it but you, Jesus. You are the lifter of my head. It's because of you that I can stand firm. So to put the focus off yourself and to look at Jesus as the one that is the lifter of your head, as the one to relocate your glory from you, from your identity and find your identity in Him, in in, in what God has for you. And the third thing is, and I cried aloud to the Lord and He answered me from His holy hill. This is an interesting line, because what was on the holy hill, it was the tabernacle. It was the place where the high priest would sacrifice to actually, uh, it, it, you know, for, to, for forgiveness of sins, to, to find salvation. And David knows that. So David is in this position that he thinks, I've messed up, you know. But where do I find salvation? It's, it's in, on that holy hill, it's in the tabernacle. I know there is, there is a substitute. When, when, when something is sacrificed, I, I will be free. So God answered me from his holy hill. In that way, in the same way, we can look at the, the mountain, the holy mountain, the holy hill, Calvary's hill where well, Jesus died on the cross, where well, we know that our salvation comes from. You know, and, and that's the thing is we, we need a substitute because you can't do it. We can't overcome fear ourselves or other things that happen in life. We need a substitute because we, we don't have the strength and sometimes we, we try to fix ourselves and sometimes we try to find our own solutions. But it will all fall short. And David knows that. David knows, I can't do this. I need salvation. I need someone that is greater than me. And you know, when, when, he, when he was talking about that, he didn't know about God's saving work, that, that, that Jesus would come as as the savior. And we, knew, we know that. We know that we, we have that, that great honor that we know the fulfilled plan of God. So we don't put our trust anymore in what we have achieved, but we put our trust in someone else. We put our trust in Jesus. Are you doing that? How are you, how are you handling this kind of situations? How are you ha- coping with fear in your life? Things that, that don't work out the way you thought it would. Or maybe that you really, you, you experience this physical threat. It could be illness as well. Being sick, it could, could be a physical threat to you. Or maybe you feel that your identity is constantly under attack and then these three things are just, are just wonderful things, to turn to God and to actually see him as the shield, to put your faith, to put your trust in someone who is greater than you, to actually try to relocate on the things that, you, that, that are on the earth and, and you put your confidence in to say, no, Lord, I'm stopped there and I'm, I'm just focusing on you. I put my confidence and I put my trust and I, I find my identity in who you are. And the promise that God will answer you from the Holy One, that he has done it. You know, he promised us a savior, he promised us a, a Messiah and in Jesus, he gave, us, he gave us one. And he died on the cross for you to not only forgive you, but to deal with this. There is in 1 John 4, uh, chapter 4, it says, perfect love casts out fear. It drives out fear. Who does that? We, 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 we can't do that ourselves. But when we see Jesus, that's the that's love. You know, God, God, his love was so much that he sent his own son to die for us. That's perfect love. To know him, to know Jesus, will strengthen us, will give us strength and power to deal with it. We need him. We need the Holy Spirit. We need his strength in us. And then the last line after Psalm 3 is an interesting line. Can we, can we maybe turn to the last one? Salvation belongs to the Lord. And then he says this, your blessing be on your people. You know, when, when he actually starts the Psalm, he starts his prayer with an anger, with anxiety. He turns to God, and actually what happens is that his, his focus is turned around. Where fear sometimes can focus you on you, on your problems. What does love do? Love is the opposite, it, it, it opens your eyes to see others. Love will turn to, uh, to yeah, will we'll, we'll focus you on, on people around you. Jesus himself, he knows exactly what fear is. Before he died on the cross, he had this moment of just fear and anxiety. He, he was sweating and, and blood was coming out of his body. That's how fearful he was. But what did he do? You know, he was moving forward. He, he knew that he needed to do this. He knew that he did was God's will. It doesn't stay there. You know, he, after he died on the cross, he rose again. And in some, it, that's a, a, an example in what God wants to do in your life. When you feel anxious, you know, when, when there are things in your life that you want to see being turned around, Something in you needs to die to death. but the promise is that you will you will rise again. You will find life in Jesus, and you will conquer this kind of things. You know there is the phrase in the Bible is being born again, is leaving your old life behind. And that, that's, that, that's one moment. It's one moment that you, that you say, okay, Lord, I want to live for you. But in, in that life with God, there are several moments that, that we need to do that. That, we, that, that in circumstances, we, we need to come to God and say, but you, O Lord, are my shield. You are the one that I build my identity on. You are the one that, that I want to focus on because when, when we understand that and when Jesus' life in us becomes a reality, we know that his love just will be expressed around us. It will, it will put us on mission. It will, it, will, it will take the focus from yourself on others. Your blessings be on your people, blessing be on your people. And that's what we are called to, you know, that's the love we are called to, to be a blessing to people around us, to to show people who Jesus is, that he is the perfecter, that he is the perfect love that casts out fear. In this life, where, where, where fear is a big thing, where anxiety, where that grows, where people suffer from it, that we have the answer, in Jesus. And that's the wonderful thing. And that's what we sung about as well. When, when, when we sung a, the, one of the last songs, he will hold us fast. It's God that will hold you. And we sung another song with, um, when, when darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong, when his life comes, rea- becomes reality in our lives, we see that it not only is changing you, it will change others around you. So I will stop there. We're going to have communion. Matt is going to lead us in that. But let us, let's stand and let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are love and that you come to us, Lord, and that you gave your life, and that we can find our identity in you. That when, when, when other things fall away, when career maybe doesn't go the way that we thought it would be, or when we fall short, we know, Lord, that we can put our trust in you, that you have done it on the cross, that you are the one that, we, that, that the Bible talks about, we can abide in you. We can abide in you. We can, um, it's, it's your life in us, and we can experience that so that other people will see it, so that other people may know you, Jesus. Lord, we love you, and we want to give you the honor and praise.